Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Luke Yardy, joined by Anthony Broom, running a two-man rodeo here tonight. Chris had uh, something come up, so Chris is going to rejoin us next week. So we're here with you on Monday night into Tuesday, and we've got a fun one for you on Brewcast here today. You know, obviously we could talk a little bit about football, Michigan beating Maryland, but this is that time of year where it's brand new. It's almost like, you know, springtime for the winter. We've got a new basketball season on the horizon. As I welcome in my co-host here today, Anthony Broom. Anthony, how you feeling on basketball eve? I'm feeling great. Uh, this is, I mean, for what my money's worth, the, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, outside of, I think it's, is there a subsection of baseball season where, well, no, there, this is really the time of the year where most sports are going on at, at one time, it seems like. So um, that's cool. I'm happy for that. Happy for the return of college basketball, obviously Michigan basketball. Um, you guys have heard me twice uh, on these, on this podcast channel since Saturday's game at Maryland. And like I said, I still, Two days later, haven't worked up the energy to to do too much whining or nitpicking about that. Um, and we might do a little bit of venting on, on bye week stuff towards the end. But, you know, looking ahead to basketball season, um, storylines all over the place from the Big Ten for Michigan. First year of Jawan Howard. Uh, it's going to it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And, and Jawan in his first year, obviously, you know, 
Uh, still getting used to this college thing. Had the little slip up at the presser here today, but we don't expect much uh, to come out of that. Uh, and I'm sure he's gonna gonna get the hang of that as it rolls along. But we're more focused on the games. They're taking on Appalachian State tomorrow. I, I don't know what it is. What is this? Uh, what is the administration's like obsession with scheduling Appalachian State? I I don't understand. Like we don't uh, have there, to it's like, rivalry to them game forever. Now, so you just gotta sneak it in there. You gotta sneak it in where you can. I I, I don't know. Uh, I think. I think a lot of times the schedule, especially for basketball, it's kind of year to year. Um, so this isn't, this certainly isn't like a Dave Brennan thing where he mandated that Appalachian state be on the schedule in, in one sport, the rest of eternity uh, just kind of worked out that way. And I mean, I guess it's always possible that uh, at Michigan could slip up in this game tomorrow, but um, or today, if you're listening on Tuesday, but uh, Appalachian state's a team that has a first year head coach too, uh, from came from Presbyterian, I believe it is. So, I don't, this isn't like the Armonte Edwards Appalachian State football team that had a handful of NFL guys on it that gave Michigan a game 12 years ago in football. Uh, I wouldn't, it just, yeah, that, that uh, I would feel a lot better if they never scheduled them again. In fact, I'd love to see them play Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Western Michigan more, Detroit more. I think it'd be good for basketball in the area if they played some more non-conference games with teams that are actually from here. Uh, but Hey, it is what it is. I know a lot of people aren't going to put a ton of stock into it. Uh, some people will put too much stock into it, but um, yeah, I, like I said, it's it's going to be. I kind of think I know after seeing the um, the exhibition game what things might look like and how things need to develop. But um, this is going to be a lot of people's first look at Joel Howard and, and how this program will look under him because obviously the exhibition was on BTM Plus, so this game's going to be on national TV or at least, you know, the, the big 10 network. And we'll see what, uh, super excited for the overreaction. I, I can't wait for that. Remember last year when, what were they tied with Holy cross at halftime? And they had like 20 points at the half or, or something ridiculous like that. They ended up coming back to, to win that game. No problem. And I've obviously got a couple of huge non-con wins early on in that one, but this is going to be, this is an interesting uh, schedule. Anthony, I'm taking a look here within the next month. Michigan's going to be tested a number of times. They're taking on Creighton next Tuesday. Uh, they're taking on Iowa State on November 27th and then Louisville on December 3rd before they have those two uh, December Big Ten games. Like This team's going to get tested kind of early on. And, and what do you e- expect to see from this team kind of early on within the first month of the season? Because there's some big opportunities uh, for this team to get some resume builders. Yeah, I mean, in addition to that too, you're going to the Bahamas and I believe those games will, I think that North Carolina and Alabama are, are in that battle for Atlantis as well. So um, you're going to have, you're going to be tested early on, which is kind of what I want to see. I don't know if I, you know, it's cool to, to you know, kind of lap it up and play a lot of these bad schools because you rack up wins in non-conference play, especially, you know, when you're in a conference like the Big Ten. It kind of seems like if you're going to make the NCAA tournament, that that magic number is anywhere between, know, 18, 19, 20 wins. So to get as many in non-con as you can um, is great. Um, but they also have to be quality wins too. And I think when you look at, like I said, there are a lot of chances for quality wins here, but there's going to be bro- growing pains too. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is this team lost a ton of scoring off the wing. This is a team that is going through a transition on both sides of the floor, different things that they're, that you know, more of NBA style of play. They're going to play much faster 
Um, they, you know, Juwan Howard said on Monday, he feels that outside shooting is the strength of this team, but, um, I don't necessarily, I think they're, they have a lot of willing guys, which is a good start, but I don't know if they have the guys to kind of fill it up like these Michigan teams of the past. So, um, there are going to be some growing pains. There are times where this team and, and some of the things you see out of Juwan Howard might frustrate the hell out of you, but you got to realize, I mean, I know you've got to really to me a solid a big three and not it's not a tremendous big three but it's a solid you know a one two three punch in in xavier simpson and john teske isaiah livers who's kind of transformed his body he's going to play a little bit more on the wing um you're without franz wagner for a month or so too um you know outside of those three guys that i mentioned though this is a very young basketball team you've got Four sophomores in Colin Castleton, David DeJulius, um, uh, God, Brandon Jones, Brandon Johns is another big one. Um, Adrian Nunez, a guy who was in the starting lineup for the uh, for the scrimmage against Detroit and the exhibition against Saginaw Valley, and and it kind of feels like this team will be made or broken by how fast those guys came along because. I know that we saw a bit from Castleton, a bit from Johns, a bit from DeJulius as the year went on last year. And that was, you know, really arguably a lot of people think one of John Beeline's best recruiting classes from top to bottom. Those guys didn't play a lot though. So as they, we've seen them physically develop a little bit more, but there's a feel for the game that you don't develop until you get game reps. So um, to me, I feel like this early part of the year, you know, no matter how the non-conference schedule shakes out, um, those guys are going to have to play and play a lot to be ready for the Big Ten season. And and if you don't, if non-conference doesn't go great, at least maybe you're battle tested and, and hardened for the conference schedule. But when I look at this team right off the bat, that's kind of what sticks out to me the most is how much those four sophomores factor in, and then how Franz fits in when he comes back. You know, about a month from now. Well, I find it real interesting that Juwan Howard says outside shooting is going to be a strength of this team because you take a look at the roster. Isaiah Livers, he was a good corner three-point shooter last year, obviously very capable from hitting from the wing, but it seemed like he was most comfortable in the corner. You've got him, you've got Teske, who was able to hit some threes last year, but unless you're playing Cole Bajima a lot, you know, you'd be playing as a true freshman, always a good shooter coming in. Like, who are your outside shooters on this team other than the three that I mentioned if you leave Xavier open he's capable of hitting threes but I I mean I, I'm looking at the roster man I don't see a lot of outside shooting what I, where, what are your thoughts on that well you have what stuck, stood out to me about the exhibition and uh not to you know pat myself on the back I was there we'll be that Mazenberg will be at all the home games um something that stuck out to me is while shots were not falling you had a pair of really willing guys in terms of Eli Brooks was is willing to shoot the basketball. Adrian Nunez is a good shooter uh, by trade that is kind of still finding his form at the college level. So it, it kind of, you know, you ask where it comes from. If it comes from anywhere, it's going to be steps forward from those guys and maybe Xavier Simpson hitting a couple here and there. I mean, he's a senior. I think we kind of know what he is at this point. Very good point guard, very good distributor, great defender, uh, but a bit offensive, a bit offensively challenged. Even on this team where they have, you know, you don't really have a outside of a lead dog type of guy, which I, I think they're kind of positioning Isaiah Livers to be. That's a guy who I think has improved tremendously. I think when you look at where's that wing scoring going to come from, I think they're going to kind of depend on him a lot. 
especially until Franz comes back. But uh, yeah, like if it's going to improve, it will improve by way of guys like Eli Brooks, Adrian Nunez, David DeJulius coming off the bench. And then, um, you know, Castleton and, and Johns can hit a three now and then. Um, Cole Bashima, I, I think he's working his way into the lineup, but I honestly, I, I don't know how much he's going to play unless it's like a blowout type of game. He's like that ninth guy on the bench right now. I think they have eight guys that they're really comfortable with um, and guys that are versatile, but yeah, the, the perimeter scoring, like I, I appreciate the optimism and I think that it certainly sounds like they've repped it quite a bit, but until we see it in games and even they weren't great, they weren't a great outside shooting team last year. Like they weren't tremendous and then they lose all of those guys. Right. So um, that's a fair question to have. So, uh, but they, I, they've obviously seen more of their team than we have and uh, I'll take their word for it. But um, I think when I look at what this team's strength is, I think it's more their length, their versatility and their athleticism as opposed to the ball going through the hoop, which is obviously a very important uh, distinction. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we, we both think when, or I personally think when Franz comes back, he has the opportunity to kind of transform this team with, with just everything we know about him. You know, he's kind of probably a more dynamic or, or much better Mo than he was at this point in, in his career. And he's uh, just a fantastic player, but that's going to be a tough month without him. So when we take a look at the season as a whole, man, what are some realistic expectations? What makes a good season here this year is it just making the tournament or do we expect a little bit more do we expect a little bit what last you know how should fans be feeling about yeah this i mean i feel like in? reboot or, or rebuild whatever you want to call what this new era of michigan basketball is i think that you need to compete for an ncaa title berth like that is that's the expectation i mean that's if john beeline was there if juan howard was there um it's why you know the the guys that preceded Beeline weren't able to keep their jobs. Um, Wait, NCAA title birth? Is that what I said? Oh, okay. Yeah, you said NCAA title birth, and I was like, no, "Wow, no, no. we're we're going well, let big." Let me say this: when, I like when, it. when the pro, like what <laughs> if we're asking what the expectation for the program in general, year in and year out, should be? I'd love for them to be a team that could consistently crack that second weekend of the tournament. I don't think that's you know, with the resources they have, and it looks like the way that they might be recruiting here moving forward, um, I don't think that's all that unfair of an expectation. At least to get in and win a game is, is I think, might, what the floor is there. When you talk about this season, what, like I said, what the, what I'd like to see, what would make a successful first year. I mean, the first thing that you want to see, really, to me, doesn't even go to win loss. It's it's from this game on Tuesday night to whatever their last game is, if it's in March, if it's, you know, God willing, they put it all together and make a run into April. Um, you want to see that Jawan Howard has developed in game as a coach and that the player, the young players are better in March than they are on what's tomorrow's date, November 5th. So that is first and foremost, that is the expectation. I, I think, I sort of tiered out the Big Ten uh, as a conference earlier on, I think Monday it was. And I have Michigan at the top of tier three, which is sort of, you know, it's that five, four, five, six range um, if things go well. Now, when you look at those other teams in the bubble, that includes teams like Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa. And I even 
Believe it or not, I snuck Rutgers in there. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where I could see them finishing third in the conference, or I could see them not being able to shoot at all. See Juwan Howard maybe in a little bit over his head, though. I don't think that's going to be the case with, you know, Phil Martelli next to him on the bench and, and the staff in place and the players they have. But, you know, they certainly could be eighth, ninth, or tenth in a, in a certain situation. Um, you know, I think that there's a good chance this might only be a five or six team or five or six bid league. Um, there's a lot of questions in that and kind of that bubble. You've got Michigan State at the top in tier one, which is, you know, I, I could see Ohio State or Maryland getting within a game of them, but I, I, I don't see a scenario where that Michigan State team doesn't win the Big Ten. Um, but after, you know, Ohio State, Maryland, I know Purdue lose a lot, but, you know, Matt Painter, um, you know, they haven't, they haven't finished lower than third in the conference to, since 2014. So they're, I think they're going to be there based on their coaching. Now, that's kind of the difference between Michigan and Purdue right now. Michigan could be in that tier two, but I don't know if the coaching is quite as good as maybe what you will have, you know, at Purdue. So those are really, that's my wordy alphabet soup way of saying, I don't know what the expectation should be, but I know that if they can get into the NCAA tournament, that that will be a good year. Yeah. And and I think, okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The expectation, I, I personally think that should be the minimum because it's not like Jawan Howard is taking over a, a bear cub cupboard program, kind of like John Beeline took over. If if you're not competing for an NCAA tournament berth, you probably made the wrong hire at the end of the day, right? Like that's that, that's kind of what we're looking at it as. Like he's got a lot of talent on this team. He's got senior leadership in Xavier Simpson in John Teske, like there's, there's a lot of experience and some deep tournament experience on this team. So at the end of the day, it is up to Juwan Howard to figure out how to win with this group. Cause it is a pretty good group that he's got here. So I think it, it would be a pretty big disappointment if Michigan doesn't at least make the NCAA tournament uh, here this year, because this is going to be kind of a springboard for Michigan. He's got obviously, you know, a good recruiting class probably coming in next year. But if you start losing, you know, how quickly does that recruiting class maybe not be there next year at the same time? So this is an important year. And the the beautiful thing about it is, though, like we don't know. Like, I like that. We Jawan Howard, Jawan yeah. Howard could be a phenomenal head coach. He very well, just as easily as he could be not a good head coach. I mean, he he studied under and he was an assistant for one of the best coaches in the NBA. Eric Spolster, without a question, yeah. is one of the best coaches in the NBA. So I 
I'm going to lean towards Jawan Howard probably knows what he's doing, and I'm a little more optimistic than pessimistic than I was earlier in this process, if, if you recall. But, uh, yeah, the unknown is it's kind of fun, to be honest with you. Well, that's why I've said – I feel like I've said this for a while now. Coming into this year, I know – there have been years where there's been talented t- beeline teams coming into the year and, you know, we have big goals and aspirations, but to me, this is the most fascinated I've ever been with Michigan basketball preseason, because like I said, to a certain extent, when beeline had talented rosters, and even when he didn't have talented rosters, you knew, you knew going into the year that that team is going to look different in February and March than it was going to look in November. Now, last year's was kind of the, Last year was kind of one of the only times that it, the opposite was the case. I felt like they played really well to start the year, and then as the year went on, they kind of lost a step. and And I won't say they couldn't quite regain it, but you know, you lose to Michigan State three times, and and you get blown out in the Sweet Sixteen. That was um, that was odd. But I guess going back to my original point, I've never been as interested in a Michigan basketball team preseason as I am in this one because, and when you look at too, I mean. We're not, like I said, those four sophomores to me, plus the development of guys like uh, like Franz, maybe Bajama gets in there. After, assuming there's no other attrition, you're only going to lose John Teske and Xavier Simpson after this year. Now, Austin Davis, there's a chance he doesn't get brought back for a fifth year. I honestly doubt he will be here next year. Um, Isaiah Livers, if he plays as well as kind of what we've been hearing, what we've seen with this transformation he's undergone. Maybe he goes to the NBA, but you've still got David DeJulius, Brandon Johns, Colin Castleton, Franz Wagner, Adrian Nunez, Cole Bajama, all for next year. That's be- that's even before you add in Zeb Jackson, Isaiah Todd. Um, you know, if they get Hunter Dickinson or Namari Burnett or, or any of those guys that they might be in the mix for. Like the core of... This is kind of a, like, I think it's going to take us two years to know what Michigan has here because their core of guys that, that you'll kind of be depending on next year. And maybe even in 2021, 2022, uh, to a certain extent are these four sophomores that are going to get quite a bit of playing time this year. Um, Some of them in depth roles and some of them, you know, maybe crack the starting lineup, like, you know, like an an Adrian Nunez or a Brandon Johns. So um, like I said, I think, all you can ask for is that their head coach improves as the year goes on. That he just, I just need him to look comfortable. I don't need him to be uh, John Wooden or, or Coach K. I just need to, you need to know that the guy's not in over his head, especially, you know, timeout usage, late game situations. And like I said, having a guy who's been a head coach for 30 years sitting next to you on the bench, I think he pretty much has the, the best assistant head coach that you could have possibly gotten for him. So I think he will improve, but uh, yeah, um, I am I am fascinated by this team, and I, I cannot wait to watch them. You know, people might be scared for these bigger games, but I've never been more excited for them. I, I'd love to see how this guy's gonna kind of match up when he plays against you know or coaches against Chris Mack at Louisville or Roy Williams at North Carolina or Tom Izzo, Mark Turgeon, Chris Holtman, all of these good coaches that you'll see. Um, he's going to get kind of put through the ringer this year. And I think you're the bones or the foundation of, of something really good can be built 
by just getting better every day, uh, every game, every practice, all those cliches. Um, I'm really excited for this team. Man, you mentioned David DeJulius, De and I am so excited to to see what he brings to the table here this year. So you, you saw it kind of towards the end of last year, him kind of starting to come into his own. He really feels like that Derek Walton type player. You know, that he can, like, I love Xavier Simpson, and he does so many good things. He just lacks that, like, Derek Walton jump shot. If Xavier Simpson had that jumper, oh, my God. I, I mean, look out. But that's what I feel like David DeJulius could be. He could be like a Xavier Simpson, yeah. Derek Walton hybrid, which would be tremendous. So I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table. I was really excited when he was brought in and signed with Michigan. And I think he, I mean, he's kind of the future of the program. So I hope he takes a, that big step forward this year, like you mentioned. Yeah, especially, you know, if they if they go out and they grab a, you know, a point guard, like he's going to be, he's going to be up against it and competing for a job. And I think, um, I'm really going to be interested in seeing where his game goes because I think that moving forward, he might be a bit of a unicorn in that this might be the last guy that Michigan has for a while that's in that mold of a John Beeline point guard. So it's kind of a throwback to the past. Uh, you know, I think they're going to kind of go a little more of the combo guard route. Uh, not not saying that uh, DeJulius can't do those things, but DeJulius is a bulldog. I mean, he's like... He's in that same mold of a you know a Trey Burke, uh, a Manny Harris, um, you know to a certain a little bit better offensively than Xavier Simpson. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see how he develops. And like I said, at worst, you know he's a guy who is coming off the bench and and can score when Eli Brooks might be a little more offensively limited. Um, that's exciting. Like I said, those guys are going to have a chance to. Those guys, these sophomores are going to make or break this team. You know, people talk about Franz, people talk about Teske and Livers and Simpson. This team will be as good as the the jump that those four sophomores make. And and like I said, I think those were all they were four really highly touted guys that John Beeline brought in. So um, I'm excited to see how you know it's a little bit of a pivot, maybe not exactly what they expected coming in. Um, you hope that it works out for them and they stick around, but. Uh, excited to see how Juwan Howard coaches and, and develops these young guys. Cause we know what, we know what Simpson's going to be. We know what Teske's going to be. We know what livers is going to be to a certain extent. Um, I, those young guys in that development, you can't replicate that minus touch that John Beeline had. Um, but if you can develop those guys, you're going to have a pretty good team this year. I, I will say, you know, one kind of final closing thing. I think that, the, obviously, this team needs to at least uh, have some sort of those defensive principles. I understand Yaklich is no longer there, but I think that's going to kind of – that's almost what you need in the Big Ten, you know, especially when you go on the road. That's why Michigan was so successful the last couple of years, especially uh, in Big Ten play. But especially if you're going to that NBA kind of style, because when you do that, you're going to – you're not going to be as sound in the half court, you know? And when you're not as sound in the half court, you're going to be looking for kind of those transition opportunities. You're probably going to be shooting early in the shot clock uh, quite a bit. And a lot of times, man, you're going to have poor shooting nights, especially in the Big Ten, rigorous schedule. Uh, what, what, a 20-game schedule in the Big Ten? So 
you need to have those defensive principles, and that's going to be one area that I'm really intrigued about because a lot of these guys played for Yachlich. Those those principles are still there, but are they going to get coached up that way each and every night? They're going to need to, you know, to finish in the top top half of this conference. And you know, before defense, really quick on the offense, like they played at a pace in that game of the exhibition against uh, Saginaw Valley where I believe they were on pace or I believe they finished with like 77 possessions, which is like would have been one of the three or four fastest games that they played all of last year. And honestly, I think that they can maybe crank it up a little bit more uh, if they're a little more comfortable in the offense. Uh, this team's going to play fast and, and um, they might not be able to shoot very well. I'm not, I'm not sure about that yet. But I think there's a lot of teams that they might play where they might just be simply able to outrun and out athlete them. Uh, they're they're very quick, and especially a guy like Isaiah Livers. And maybe this is just kind of punctuated by the fact that you were basically you know you were playing a Division two school in that exhibition game. Um, he he's is faster than I ever thought he could be, even with the you know the weight loss, the slimming down, and all. So. Um, their ability to run, to get out in transition, to to defend in transition. Uh, like I said, I think that they're, you're going to see some defensive gaffes, especially early on, because I think that the communication might not might quite not be there yet because um, it is a little bit different. They're not going to quite play. It seems like they played a little more of like a pack line defense under Yaklich, where now this is more more of an NBA, um, you know, one end of the court or the other, uh, to the other type of thing. So, yeah, I'm everything. Everything is different. Like they are not trying to copy John Beeline in any way at all. And they're like I said, that's going to create some growing pains. But um, the quicker they pick that up, the higher their ceiling might be. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. That's going to be interesting. Kicking on or kicking off tomorrow, seven o'clock. App State, Big Ten Network. Any final thoughts on what to expect from this season on the macro level? Uh, I think. The only thing that I'll preach is is patience and and take stock yeah. of what happens game to game um, because if you're if you're watching the games and you're not just going and I think that there are, you know I'm not calling anyone out but I think that there are Michigan football fans like this you look at you see box scores and you see what the final score was I don't think there are some people who don't see the interest, intricacies of the game and and some of the development that's taking place they see you know for basketball. Ball go and hoop, ball no go and hoop. Sometimes it's right. <laughs> sometimes it's for some people it's as simple as that. I think that, uh, like I said, be patient, hope for improvement, seek improvement from the players, um, keep track of you know if Jawan Howard makes some mistakes with the clock or substitutions or how he handles fouls. Takes that's going that's going to happen. Yeah. Like just so everyone understands, yeah. you know, going into this season, that's going to happen. Yeah. And all I'm saying is take stock of it and see what happens. You know, tuck it away, take notes, and see what happens the next time. Because this is really gonna be you're gonna see a lot this year. And and I almost wanna like make a bingo card full of possible mistakes. You'll probably hit a few bingos uh, that you might even hit a coverall bingo. But the the key to this season is what happens when adversity happens again. And that's where you'll find out if Juwan Howard was the right guy for the job or not. And let's let's hope he is, man, because I think Juwan's 
ceiling when it comes to recruiting is there is no ceiling to be quite honest with you, but he's got to obviously translate that into developing the players when they're on campus and winning basketball games. And this is going to be a big year to set the foundation. I think, you know, because just real quick, you know, when you think back to when Beeline took over for Amaker and you think of kind of the style that Amaker played compared to to Beeline, you know, Beeline obviously didn't get along with Grady or anything like that. And he kind of came in and almost cleaned house to get his guys for his kind of style. And and we're probably you kind of mentioned that with the DeJulius thing. We're probably going to see that with Juwan Howard, except for the fact that Juwan Howard's starting off with a pretty talented team already. So uh, this I think there's a lot of reason to be excited. And hey, let's hope for the best. Yeah, I think the question, my final thought is, think about what your expectations would have been for this team if Beeline were still around, and then maybe temper them a little bit more from there. Because you know that the Beeline, like if you thought this is a fringe tournament team before, I don't know if there's a whole lot I can say that's going to convince you that isn't definitely the case now. But you know, you you knew that they were going to improve because. That's what John Beeline's system is set up to do. Now, you don't know. It could go either way. And that's scary. Change is always scary, especially when you you lose a coach who, for what my money is worth, deserves a statue right next to Bo Schembechler for what he did for that. No question. What he did for that university. So hold them to a high standard, but don't hold them to the Beeline standard because that's not fair to the players and it's not fair to Juwan Howard. Um, just have fun. Like rebuilds and re- reboots are fun. They can be fun. Um, sometimes they go wrong, but sometimes they go right too. Um, I think that they have, I'm not sure if they have the right guy for the job, but I know that the guy that they have on the job has done everything that he can possibly do to set himself up for success. And now you find out if he can do it on the floor. That's uh that's the key to all of it. So yeah, it's it's going to be fun, and and I'm really excited to watch this team develop. It's a it's a really great group of guys too. There there are truly no egos on on this team, so I think that uh, that's going to help them maybe develop a little quicker than guys that might need time to buy in. Yay hoops, man! I can't wait. I'm excited for it, and perfect with Michigan football playing pretty well down the stretch. Anthony, let us know where we can find you on social media, you can man. Find me on social media at Anthony T. Broom on Twitter. Uh, follow the website at Maze and Brew. Like us on, uh, follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Get our shows and podcasts wherever you get them. iTunes, Apple, Google, iTunes and Apple are the same thing. Duh. Um, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. <laughs> We're on the website. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, like I said before, we're, we'll, podcast schedule changes a little bit this week. Uh, obviously, we're here on Tuesday. Wednesday's show will be a recap of Michigan basketball's opener. Future Brew will come out on Thursday. And then the Out of the Blue guys will close it out uh, this week on Friday, heading into the bye week. So, yeah, thanks for sticking around. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Also follow us on Twitter at Brewcast Show. Give us your thoughts uh, on the show. We appreciate any and all feedback. As Anthony said, leave a review, please. You know, uh, Leave a review. Hopefully you rate us five stars and make sure that you subscribe. So we've got the recap coming up tomorrow. Future Brew coming up on Thursday, as Anthony mentioned. And uh, just a good, good week of content. Uh, Chris is going to join us once again next week. And it, obviously that's going to be 
a big brewcast headed into uh, Michigan State Week. So for Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Giardi, and we'll be back tomorrow with that uh, basketball recap future brew on Thursday, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.